Makes me excited. Does that video get anybody else excited? I, I like, when I saw that a couple weeks ago, I stood up at my computer and just started, started chanting and cheering and yelling. That's just how I am. I get excited about things like that. Well, it's good to see you all this morning. Uh, my name is Matt Harrell. I'm the Director of Student and Recreation Ministries here. I know most of you, but if you don't know me, I'd love to meet you after the service. Uh, I'm excited you're here. Um, I'm excited to be preaching this morning, and I'm super excited. My students already heard this. I've had three cups of coffee this morning, and I'm not a traditional coffee drinker. I might drink one in the afternoon, so I'm, I'm wired right now. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to bring it. I, I'm, my goal is for nobody to fall asleep today. So I think with my volume and my energy, hopefully that will be the case. Um, Nina asked me a couple weeks ago, she said, are you nervous about preaching? Because, like, it's kind of near the end of our time here. And she said, um, you know, I haven't done it a whole lot here just because of different responsibilities and running around and all that stuff. And I said, actually, I'm not. I'm not nervous. Uh, I'm really excited. And then Jody started bringing the word hard the last few weeks. And I was like, I don't know if I can, like, I don't know what to do because this is going to be a tough tough thing to follow because it's been some there's been some good messages the last few weeks so I said to myself I'm gonna have to channel my inner Jody and so I was like when does he get like this this spirit from like like filled up so he can just come preach I said it must be the bow tie right like it's got to be the bow tie so I said I'm gonna try to rock a bow tie Sunday morning and so I got up this morning, I'd been watching YouTube videos, I was ready to roll, and that's what it came out with. Uh, wasn't, wasn't quite right, I don't have Demetrius's style, I, I couldn't figure it out, so, so I went with the necktie. But anyways, I said, God, I, if it's the bow tie, hopefully it's not, um, just give me the same spirit um, to bring the word this morning. So, um, so anyways, I, I'm excited to be here, glad to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm especially excited because it is Senior Sunday. Um, as I said, this group of seniors is very, very special to me. Um, they've dedicated a lot of time and effort um, on behalf of things that I've led, and so I am forever grateful for them and excited about your future. And so this season, I think, for everybody, really, uh, we, we start talking about future and what's next, and it's such a transition for so many families and even grandparents or or parents or kids you see your your older friends that are graduating it's such a a transition and a look towards the future and it's exciting I've been to two graduation ceremonies already this weekend and they've been talking about the future and what's to come and so I've just been excited so I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about that um, but not just for our seniors for everybody in this room we're gonna look today in the book of Ephesians what I love about the book of Ephesians, it was written by Paul, and Paul takes a look at the church in the past, takes a look at where they're at during the book of Ephesians, and he talks about the future, and he casts a vision for the church of Ephesus to say, this is where you guys are, and this is where God's calling you to. And I love that, and I think it, it works perfect uh, with today. And uh, I, I may step on some toes, I don't know. Uh, Denise said apparently I stepped on some toes this morning, so I'm, ex I'm kind of excited about that. Um, I'm okay with that. My, my students are used to it. I've been doing that for five and a half years. So, um, so anyways, they're, they're used to these types of messages. But we're going to look at the future 
and what God's word is calling us to, okay? This is the, the uh, book of Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, if you're following along. This is what it says. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for um, these words written from Paul. We thank you for this call on our lives. And I pray that today uh, be challenging, may even be difficult for some of us in this room, but be something that we can look towards the future for and make that future our present. And that we will follow your call no matter how big that call may be. We thank you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, um, most of you know this, but Nina and I will be transitioning um, back home to Orlando, Florida in just a few weeks. Um, we've been here for five and a half years. Um, I was hired in January of 2011 uh, to be the youth pastor here, and it's been an unbelievable ride. Um, kind of a crazy ride. It's hard to think that they hired me when I was 22. Uh, I'm still not quite sure what they were thinking, but... Um, but, it, but it's, it's, been, it's just been an unbelievable experience here. And uh, we've made lots of lifelong friendships, lasting relationships. We've shared many memories. We've shared some tears and some, some pain and some heartbreak over the years. Um, but we've experienced community. And so I thank you guys, all of you that are our friends out there and even those that aren't. I thank you for your support and encouragement over this time. Uh, I think... Anytime we transition in life, so when we turn the page for the next chapter, it's just inside of us to reflect on the past. Um, our seniors, I've encouraged them to reflect on your high school days and your middle school days. and um, Think about all the decisions that brought you to where you are today um, to shape you for the future. And just like I teach them, I've been doing that myself. Nina and I have both been reflecting on the last five years five years and some change, and uh, the, the one thing that I went back to, it's kind of funny, I went back to the very first day I was here that I, I was hired um, by the staff parish committee, and uh, Tracy Parker was the staff parish chair at the time, and uh, after they said you got the job, they brought me in and um, did some paperwork, and then Tracy said, I'm going to walk you around the building just so you get, get to be familiar with Florida. So we first came in here, and I saw this beautiful sanctuary with the high ceilings and the, the beautiful windows, and 
um, just the, the chandeliers and everything about this room that makes it beautiful. I said, that's a, that's a pretty room right there. Uh, so then she took me downstairs, and I saw the, the children's ministry mural with the names etched into it um, throughout it. And I thought that was really cool, too, and saw the children's rooms. And then she walked me into this room that was bright yellow with some brick pattern, and it smelled kind of like Cheetos and body odor. Um, if you haven't been down there, that was the youth room, and uh, it still smells like Cheetos and body odor, but, but it's got a different look to it now. Um, and so she said, this is going to be your home. So, okay, well, I can make this work. Um, and then she walked me to my office. Now, let me, let me frame this, okay? I'm 22. I've never, I've, I've worked some jobs, but I've never had my own office, okay? I had a couple jobs where I had cubicles, one where I stood behind a counter and served ice cream, and those kinds of things, right? But I never had my own office. So she, she shows me in my office. I opened the thing. I was like, wow. This is my, now I didn't actually say that, but internally I was like, man, this is awesome. And so she shows me there's this huge desk that's in there. It's all wooden. I like knocked on it to make sure it wasn't that particle board stuff. I was like, man, it's solid wood. This is awesome. And uh, look, and I see there's a pretty big closet. And I'm like, man, this is an awesome office. And then I turn and I see the best part. And it is this beauty of a recliner. This was sitting in the corner of my office, and I said, wow, that's mine, my recliner. And I, I distinctly remember this. I just sat down, and I said, may I, Tracy? And I popped it back, and I said, man, uh-oh, there we go. I was like, that is a comfortable recliner. Man, was it comfortable, and it was all mine. And for the first two years, are you guys doubting me that it's comfortable? Vega and Andy, would you guys come up here and just test it out real fast to make sure that I want these people to know I'm not lying about this, okay? So don't jump into it too hard. It might might uh, break on you. It's pretty good, right? Here, give it give it one of these. Ooh. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's let Vega in it. All right, just hop in, Vega. For those that couldn't hear, he went, ooh, when he, uh, when he laid back. It's pretty good, right? Pop your feet up there. <laughs> it's nice, right? I think, I think Vega wants to stay up here for the duration of my message. All right, so confirming that it's really comfortable, right? I lived in Atlanta for the first two years I worked here. And uh, we'd have some staff meetings at 9 a.m. And I'd be here in the evenings till 9 p.m. But it didn't make sense to drive the half hour there and half hour back with the team. So sometimes I would just curl up in my chair, turn the light off in the office, and take a little nap. Nobody knew I was there. It was awesome and super comfortable. Now here's the connection. Sometimes our faith looks a lot like that recliner. It's very comfortable. It's very safe. It's very easy hard to get out of because Vega looked like he wanted to spend the rest of the time in there. And that's what our, our faith looks like. There's a big, comfortable recliner. But Paul says something different that in that, that letter to the church of Ephesus, he talks about this faith that is different. It's not a comfortable faith. It's not just a faith with contentment. 
But he uses words like this. I love this. He says, a faith that we put into action. And he says in verse 16, a spirit that empowers us. In verse 18, he says, a spirit that fully understands his love. And in verse 20, he says, a spirit that can accomplish so much more than we can accomplish by ourselves. Let me say that again, because I, I want you guys to get this image. This is so important. Our faith is not a one of comfort, of just sitting there. He says, our faith is about a spirit that empowers us, a spirit that fully understands his love, and a spirit that can accomplish so much more than we can accomplish by ourselves. Now, to me, that doesn't sound like a spirit of comfort. It sounds like we're off to get up and sleep. We got to get up and go. Now, you see on the, the screen, the slide that says God sized me, and that's, that's the message today. And what I'm going to encourage all of you guys to do today is dream big, God-sized dreams. Now, we're not told, especially as adults, to dream very often, right? And even by the time you get to middle school, you're kind of told to stop dreaming and do what's, what's right for you and accept life how it is. But I'm going to tell you guys today to dream God-sized dreams. Now, what is a God-sized dream, you may ask? I believe it's something that stirs within us, that empowers us to go move and live in a passionate way, to pursue our purpose and to pursue passion. And sometimes that might be a crazy big thing. It might sound insane to some people, but that's what God calls us to, I believe, based on this scripture about a spirit that empowers, about a spirit that fully understands love, and about how we can accomplish so much more with this spirit. Now, I dreamed a God-sized dream when I was in college. I was 19 years old, and looking back at it, it was pretty naive, and uh, some would even say a little dumb. And that was, I felt this tug on my heart to go to Africa. I didn't know where. I didn't know why. But I just, I just kept feeling it. I'd wake up every day saying, am I, am I supposed to go to Africa? Like, God, why are, you, why are you pulling my heart this way? And so finally I started to talk to some of my buddies about it. And two of my friends were having the same urges. We've got to go to Africa. We've got to go serve in Africa. So the three of us started meeting, and we prayed together. And we decided that that summer... No matter how we got there, no matter how much work it was going to take, that we were going to go spend the summer in Africa. I spent eight weeks in Ghana, which is in West Africa, in the capital city of Accra. Uh, I imagine, I was talking to my buddy this week that's going uh, to Kenya with Project 82, and I said, when I, the first time I went to Africa, I imagined that I was going to the Lion King. Everybody seen the Lion King? Where, like, you're out in the middle of the desert and there's just wild animals running everywhere. And I was so naive and so dumb. That's what I thought we were landing into. And then we, we landed into this huge city that's the size of Atlanta with worse traffic, believe it or not. But while I was there, God transformed me in a major way. I can honestly say that I don't think I would be here this morning standing in front of you if I didn't take that leap of faith, take that step to go spend the summer in Africa. I met people, I experienced things, 
I played with children. I served at an orphanage. And all of those experiences piled together changed me in a major way. And I'll never be the same because of it. Was it scary? Absolutely. Were we in some dangerous situations? Within 15 minutes of getting off the plane, I had an AK-47 in my purse. I'm not kidding. It was scary. Was what, Were we dumb? Yes. <laughs> were we naive? Yes. Kids are not telling you to go do it like I did it, okay? I'm going to steer you a better direction. But we felt like it was a tug on our heart, and because of that, God was going to protect us. And God was going to lead us down the way he wanted us to go. And like I said, it changed everything about me. For the rest of my life, I'll be changed because of those eight weeks. And it was a God-sized dream. It was a dream that didn't make sense to our society. didn't make sense to my parents. It definitely didn't make sense to my parents. Um, didn't make sense to my grandparents. But it changed me in a major way. See, as I talk about some of these God-sized dreams, I'm sure there's a big group of doubters in here. And some of you guys might be saying this, well, Matt, that's great, but I'm too young. Well, Matt, that's great, but I'm too old. Well, Matt, that's great, but I don't have time. Well, Matt, that's great, but let's be realistic. This is real life we're talking about. We can't just up and go, right? That's what I'm sure some of you guys are thinking. But this is what I want to say to that. To any, any, if you were any of those, or maybe you have another doubt in your head right now, this is what I want to say to that. If we are too afraid to dream big dreams, doesn't that mean we are limiting a limitless God? If we're too afraid to dream big God-sized dreams, doesn't that mean we're limiting a limitless God? Doesn't that mean we're downsizing the omnipotent, all-powerful God that we pray to? Look at that. If we're making excuses for why we're not going to dream these dreams. There's three people I want to talk about real quick. Um, who have prayed God-sized dreams, and I've experienced uh, life with three of these people. The first one, a lot of our students know him. His name is Mario, and Mario is a missionary in Guatemala, just outside of Guatemala, in Antigua, or just outside of Guatemala City, in Antigua, Guatemala. And Mario grew up in Ecuador, lived in a, a decent home with a decent family, was able to go to school, and ended up going to university. Uh, spent some time in the United States, and Mario decided he was going to use the ability to speak both English and Spanish, and having all the experiences he had, he was going to go back to Central South America and work with underprivileged children and help be a communicator for groups that come to them. Now, Mario does, I mean, I'm, I'm like blown away by Mario, and anybody that went on the trip, I think they would say the same. Mario is so selfless and spend so much time serving food to children, helping them in their activities, preaching the gospel to them in a relevant way, and also helping people from the United States that go there communicate, but also impacting them as he impacted me and Chris Wright. Second story is about a friend named Farrell Topper. Now Farrell is from the United States, lives here, lives up on the north side of Atlanta, and he's on executive leadership for a big 
worldwide banking app called Ansel. And he's, he's, he's up there. He's a, he's a big, big guy. And I went to Kenya with Farrell a few years ago. And if Farrell walked in this room, he wouldn't look any different than, than you and I. Just dressed as pretty regular and drives a, a pretty common car. And there's nothing that really sticks out about him as far as the, his appearance goes. He makes sure he gets everybody's name. He makes sure he talks to you no matter if I was 24 when he talked to me. He spent so much time talking and sharing with me while we were on the trip. When we were in Kenya, we were walking around meeting all these different Gucci people, and I meet a young man. And I say, so where, what are you doing in life? He said, I'm going to medical school right now. I was like, come on, Kenya. He goes, yeah, Farrell's paying for me to go to medical school. And then we'd, we'd move on, go to another village, and meet somebody else. Hey, what are you doing? I'm going to school, working on the side. I've got a little practice. And okay, that's awesome. So yeah, Farrell's paying for my apartment. And I was meeting all these different people, and they're telling me this, and I'm just blown away. See, somebody who in, in the church setting would look like a normal, everyday person, he used where he is in life to leverage his resources to impact lives in a major way. I just thought that was incredible. The third person is a young lady that grew up in this community. She uh, was raised in McDonough, went to Eagle Vernon Christian, graduated, went on to Ole Miss for four years, hotty toddy. Um, and uh, after college, she felt a tug on her heart to, to go to Guatemala for a little bit. And while she was there, she noticed that there were tons of children running around without shoes on. And she said, God, tell me what to do. Lead me where you want me to go. And so she started an organization called Pursuing Joy. Pursuing Joy. And what that, com- that, what that organization does is they talk to churches, they talk to the local organizations, and they get shoe donations. And then they take those donations down to Guatemala, and they give these shoes away, some to children, some to teenagers, some to adults. And to us, that may not seem that significant, but one thing in in any country, but there you can't go to school without shoes. You can't get a job without without shoes. Um, You get pick up all sorts of diseases without shoes because you're walking around barefoot. And so... Just by a pair of old used sneakers that we a lot of times throw away, giving those to somebody has changed their life. In fact, they've given 20,000 pair of shoes. So that's changed 20,000 lives. Young girl right here in our community. Shelby made a great impact in many communities in Guatemala and is growing by day at how cool the shoes are and continuing to grow. Now, I know a lot of the stories I've shared have been international stories, but I want to make sure you guys understand this God-sized dream could be right here inside of this room. See, these God-sized dreams, it can mean your dream is to raise your children to be strong young leaders, to maybe be a Shelby one day, to maybe be an awesome school teacher in our community. Maybe your God-sized dream is to go tutor at Stockbridge Elementary a couple days a week and help impact your community. Maybe it is to start a nonprofit that impacts a 
another part of the world. Maybe it's using your financial resources to help a student make an impact here in the church. There's lots of ways. There's lots of ways to allow our spirit inside of us to be empowered and to make these God crises. So it's about pursuing life with passion and purpose. I said before, I want to I want to say it one more time. It's about pursuing life with passion and purpose, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. So, however the Spirit moves in you today, my call to action for all of us, no matter if you're two years old or 92 years old in the room, is to get out of the chair of comfortable space, to get out of that recliner, Take a step towards the faith that Paul talks about in Romans. That's for all of us, no matter how old we are or what we've been through. To get out of the chair of comfortable space. Take a step towards putting our faith into action. There's a song, um, the band went ahead and decided to do this and have us sing. And uh, Adam heard it, heard my sermon at 8.30 and decided to do a swap. But there's... The bridge, we're going to sing several times at the end of this song. And it's so powerful, and I think it's so pointed for this conversation. It says this. It's on the song Oceans. It says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the water wherever you would call me. That's a bold phrase to say. And I encourage you guys, when we sing today, if you're ready to make that call, sing it. If you're not, Maybe sit on it for a second. But I'm going to say it one more time. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Seniors, make some God-sized dreams and go get them, okay? Everybody else out here, make some God-sized dreams. Remember, we serve a limitless God. Whatever God, God can handle anything. He can make anything happen. He just wants our passion and our pursuit for him. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much for today. Thank you for this letter in Ephesians chapter 3. Thank you for Paul's words to inspire, encourage us, maybe stomp on some toes this morning. I know mine are curled up, God. But I pray that this word be convicting but it be encouraging enough that we allow your spirit to empower us to more fully understand love and to do so much more than we could ever do on our own. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you so freely. And as we close here in worship, God, we just ask that your spirit continue to work through us big and mighty ways. We thank you, Lord, and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.